0: Coming up, the number one fantasy book podcast, breaking down the scrolls and spells of nerd culture. We are Phantology. You may have heard of us.
1: That's like picking Ditto as your favorite type of Pokemon because it can (laughs) transform into any other Pokemon.
0: Well, I mean, Ditto has some drawbacks. (laughs) You waste that first move on the transform and then you're already, there's no way to catch up.
1: Yeah, so does the Ready Player One world. You, you, whenever you come out of the Oasis, you're stuck in a crappy trailer park. I think Jake's <laughs> ideal situation is not coming out of the Oasis. You have to, you have to feed your body sometimes. So the Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix is like normal life.
2: It, it, yeah, it's like normal life because people rejected it when it was better than normal.
0: Before we get started, Phantology has some new patrons that deserve a shout-out. So Carla, Daniel, Paul, Peter, Mark, and Spencer, we see you guys. We thank you for your support. Seriously, Phantology could not do it. Without you, you make our lives a lot easier, and every patron dollar goes into improving the show. That said, let's get on to it. What's up, fantasy fans who've experienced the month of June along with us? This is Stephen and the rest of the Phantology 5 bringing you our June news episode, some mailbag questions, and our newest, our intro to our newest Twitter poll competition that's going to happen in the month of July. We're talking some top three fantasy settings, so we're going to break that all down with everyone, and we are live streaming on Discord. If you are a Patreon supporter, you can access this recording. A little bit sooner. So what's up, guys? Fun to have everyone on again. Yeah, good to be here, Steven.
1: I, for one, am glad to be back, even though we just did a podcast last night.
0: Yeah, the recording schedule does not slow down. We are pumping out content for all of our fans. Appreciate everyone's support. And before we go into the fantasy, the lighthearted fantasy news, Josh has a quick statement that we would like to just read out to real quickly address some other events in the month of June.
2: Yeah. So one of the reasons why we all like fantasy is to get an experience of what it's like to uh, walk in other people's shoes. Now, we have come to understand and we've learned a lot through listening to what a lot of people have said that, you know, uh, that we don't really know what that's like and that we can we all have a lot to learn. And so we here at Phantology have been trying to listen and learn and grow and um, learn how we can support people of color and raise their voices
0: and how we can become better people all around. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate that. We're all trying to do our best as people here. So that said, let's roll into the news for the month of June in the fantasy book community, a very niche community in the world. So maybe you don't know all this news, at least for me, headlining this news are a couple releases from Brandon Sanderson, even when the guy is not releasing actual books, he's still releasing books. And in this case, he is putting out a new graphic novel called Dark One. And he released details on the Way of Kings Leatherbound Kickstarter that's going to run throughout the month of July. So these are two I'm more excited for the Way of Kings Leatherbound than the graphic novel, not necessarily my not necessarily my favorite way to experience fantasy stories, but still fun to see Sanderson, the Sanderson machine, chug along at Dragonsteel Entertainment.
2: Yeah, this is a story that he's talked about a lot. Like he talks about in his lectures, he just, it's an idea that he mentioned and that I feel like just came upon him and he's been wanting to do for a while. So I'm excited that it's finally getting done.
1: I'm excited too. The true tragedy here is uh, what's going to happen to my wallet because Getting those two leather bound books are gonna cost at least two hundred dollars and up to five hundred dollars if you'd like one of the nine hundred and fifty numbered edition.
0: Oh, you are going for the
1: five hundred? Well, no, I don't think I can talk my wife into that one. Speaking of,
3: does um, her having finished Miss has that changed her tune in, in terms of support for you in these purchases?
1: Uh, no, it doesn't. If it doesn't directly benefit her, then she's probably not gonna like it. Oh, okay. At least in terms of fantasy,
2: Ryan. That's why you have to list them as decorations for your home. I know. I know. Sid's all about some good home decor items.
1: Yeah, she's she's all about that. If she can pick it out.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Not that I'm very into home decora- decoration, but I don't think fantasy books are very high on the trend in today's modern internal decor.
2: I don't know, man. With the with all the Zoom conferences going on, it's important to have a good looking bookshelf in the background.
3: Yeah, pretty much all my fantasy books got booted to the spare bedroom bookshelf and out of the the living room public bookshelf.
2: Oh, come on. Ooh, that's, that's rough. <laughs> so so I, I was helping someone move today and they probably had about 20 boxes of books. And so I was like, oh, so, you know, fully hoping that, you know, he was at least like a little bit into fantasy. I was like, so what, what books are in all these boxes? He's just like, they're all self-help books, man. They're all self-help books. I was like nothing against self-help oh books. I mean, I read them, but like he literally had 20 boxes full of self self-help books, and I was like, oh, I just can't.
3: You were just hoping the wheel of time was in there?
2: Yeah, I was hoping that one of the boxes had wheel of time. So yeah. this is tangentially related to fantasy, but I was recommended this book called Never Split the Difference, and it's like this negotiation book. And I started listening to it, and guess who the narrator is?
1: Michael, Michael Kramer.
2: Kramer. Michael Kramer, that's right. So I'm listening what? to like this this like negotiation self-help book. And it just like feels so epic to me because Michael Kramer is the narrator. <laughs> does it, does he have the same persona to his voice? Oh, because... Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the thing really? is it's, it's written by this uh, FBI top negotiator. He was like the top negotiator for the FBI for 20 years. And so there's like these really like pretty epic stories in it. And the fact that Michael Kramer is reading it just adds to that experience. So Pretty fun book, if anybody wants to give it a listen.
1: Well, I will not be giving that a listen, but I appreciate that Thanks fact. Thanks for
2: your honesty, Ryan. See, Ryan, maybe if you listen to it, you can negotiate it into letting you get the 500 Yeah, exactly.
0: There it is. There's the full circle we needed on that discussion. So if you are looking to improve your home decor and you like beautiful leather-bound books, the Way of Kings leather-bound does look really impressive. I think one of the additional stretch goals is for like real Italian leather or something like that. So it's going to look really nice. You can find all of those details on Sanderson's site or social media, or it's it's not hard to find. And then this dark one story, I think the idea is, it's like, what if the dark one had one? Or what if the hero of Prophecy was really destined to be the dark one? So definitely like a darker feel to a traditional fantasy story. Although it's Sanderson, so I doubt it's too dark. I'm sure there's some kind of twist where there is... You know, ultimately, you know, the Dark One is maybe redeemed or, or something like that. So we'll we'll see on that one. We'll let you guys know how that goes.
2: Yeah, I think the initial concept, which he said he got away with, was that the, the Dark One was initially supposed to be a pizza delivery person. So I think that it's going to have some sort of absurdist humor in it, is my guess.
0: Oh, the death by pizza thing? Yeah, I think that's the original concept. And then it's kind of morphed into this one. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure about that. So other Sanderson news, he turned in the second part of his final draft so rhythm of war is at 40 percent. we're still eagerly anticipating that november release looks like we're on track and speaking of releases we have news from george r martin which we don't get very often and it's not winds of winter release but it is news around winds of winter he says he's been making progress writing steadily and it's looking like a 2021 release is kind of what all the headlines like to lead with so fingers crossed for that one maybe
1: 10-year gap in between books uh how old is he right now
0: ryan stop in the 70s Just,
1: yeah it's not trending in the right direction I, I will stop but you know where i was going
3: well also i mean the the tv show has been happening those 10 years so after this one's release, you wouldn't expect him to take that long again right
0: yeah but they're starting up the house of the dragon or something prequel oh, is that
3: is the prequel TV still show? happening
0: yeah, well, one, they had like four prequels at one time, and one of them has the green light. So I believe this, we'll have to fact check that name, but I think it's House of the Dragons, like a Targaryen backstory 300 years prior to Game of Thrones TV show. So that's going to take up his time. Dang, yeah. Speaking of long-winded fantasy authors, Patrick Rothfuss has a little news. It's not Doors of Stone news, but he is on this podcast called One Shot, where they have this new kind of D&D-esque game that they're playing and it's all centered around a story in the world of temerant temerant i think is the name of the name of the wind king killer yeah that sounds right check out that podcast if you're into it
1: do you listen to a little bit of it Stephen? right
0: yeah i listened to like 45 minutes of it and like i couldn't really get into it it's not necessarily my thing was it like
3: framed around a, like an
0: RPG campaign or was it just a story? It was like an RPG campaign. Like they all had characters yeah. and there were situations where they would like flip a coin or something. So it was like way simplified D and D and the story was kind of fun. They were like at the university students waiting to get their chit of admission to go in for the next term. And so it was fun to see a lot of the story elements, but I don't know, just what didn't quite appeal to me, but I think others may like it, especially if you're really into those stories.
3: Yeah, I'm sure if you're a fan of Real 20 or
0: something, you'd probably be into it. So then last piece of news, let's get into some TV stuff. So Wheel of Time is going to resume filming in July or August. They've said they haven't... I don't. I haven't heard of a actual solid like return to filming date. But in addition to that good news, they announced 11 additional characters. These are all pretty minor characters. They're Egwene's parents, Matt's parents... Senbui Days Conger from Emmons Field. We have a young swan casting, which is interesting because it means there'll be some kind of flashbacks to maybe a young Moraine as well. So we, we expected that story to be fleshed out more.
2: It's like a childhood swan, right? I mean, because they're in the series, try and stay away from spoiler spoilers, but these might be considered light spoilers. There are age changes for the swan character, but this is like a childhood swan.
0: Yeah, she appears to be way young. Yeah, she's like a 10-year-old girl. Yeah, so this
2: isn't like a young woman swan. This is like a little girl swan.
0: Yeah, so we're not really sure where that's going, but you can speculate. And then we've got Basil Gill, everyone's favorite innkeeper. We have a character named Denna, who is Tom's, Tom Marilyn's lover, who's mentioned
1: in passing. Also, Quoth's lover.
2: Well, Quoth's wannabe lover. Unrequited lover. Those bards and Denna's, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Den- when Dena, all the time she disappears from Quoth, she's actually going over to the world of Wheel of Time. Checks out. Makes
0: sense. Maybe that's a Rothfuss deep cut. We can only speculate. There is another character named Mrs. Grinwell. I don't really know why they're announcing some of these characters. Like, these are super minor characters. I'm frankly not super interested in Mrs. Grinwell, but we know who it is, in case you were. And then the biggest news of Wheel of Time casting is is Steve Steve is in the wheel of time we don't know who this guy is we speculate that it's a code name but they announced this kind of normal looking like middle-aged white dude his name is Steve and maybe he's gonna play a different character unsure but Twitter's one crazy about Steve I'm pretty sure it's the dark one Mm, okay that's a good theory maybe we can get behind that
1: the dark one (laughs) one is a middle-aged white man (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, and
2: today's out society. <laughs> <Checks Yeah. laughs> out. So, well, has anybody found a voice recording of him? Because if he has like a really epic sounding voice, then that could check out.
0: Nah, man, I haven't really done that much research into Steve. I'm just kind of waiting for the show to come out on this one, I think.
3: Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, no, that's that'd be Narg, the Trolloc, like the one
2: named Trolloc in the whole series.
1: How funny would it be if the one named Trolloc in the story was named Steve? <laughs>
2: Wheel of Time has bought all the free press that they can for Steven. Because my name is... But my name's not <laughs> Steve. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I was saying that Wheel of Time has bought all, all their free press that they can from Steven.
0: Steven has just kind of checked out now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I look, if I'm getting casting news, can we please get some Tricant, House of Tricant casting news, like some major characters? What is the holdup here? Yeah. If we're not Mrs. Grinwell, surely we can tell us, like, who Elaine or a or glad is I mean,
1: come on what's what's going on they really need to string us along here
0: yeah
2: they need to save the best for last is what you're saying Stephen, with elaine
1: yeah not what i'm saying how likely
3: do you think it is that um the people that haven't revealed are more well-known named actors and they want that to be kind of uh like a surprise when you watch the show like do you think anything like that's going on like a Matt Damon, Interstellar I've thing. never
0: seen that before. Don't they always lead with the big name actors? Well, they led with a pretty big name or actress, right?
2: For Moraine?
3: Yeah, Moraine. Yeah, Moraine's the most well-known so far. Rosamund Pike. But they did the same thing in Interstellar. Like, you didn't know Matt Damon was in it until he was. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, that was like a surprise.
2: Deep Interstellar cut,
3: that's
0: for sure.
1: Have they cast Sean Bean yet? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they're trying to come up with which character is going to die the quickest, and then they're going to cast Sean. Yeah,
3: yeah. Who who would Sean Bean be? Like, what character could could he take?
2: He could be Tam if Tam actually died in his fever dream in the first book.
1: Ah, uh, spoilers! Hashtag spoilers. Okay, come
3: on. Hashtag spoilers from here on for the casting. Just so you guys know.
0: <laughs> I think we're kind of done with the casting though at this point. <laughs> All right. So, a couple other small news: Witcher season two is also announced. They're resuming casting. They gave us a date. They said August 17th. So maybe we expect we'll have time to be around at the same time, although they're two different studios. And then this isn't necessarily fantasy. It's kind of fantasy superheroes. The Boys is coming out. Season two is coming out on September 4th. And the most interesting news around this is Amazon has a new release strategy. They're dropping the first three episodes, and then they're giving you the next five. I think it's five more for eight total. They are giving you the next five in weekly installments So I'm all about that because I really want Wheel of Time to come out in weekly installments so I can talk with my coworkers at the water cooler when we're all back in the office one day, maybe I want to talk to them about the weekly installments of Wheel of Time. And so hopefully this goes well. I mean, it's probably good for the podcast.
2: (laughs) Yeah, as content creators, we love that.
0: Yeah, our ability to get out more reviews of the TV show is going to increase a lot if we don't binge it all in the first weekend it's out.
2: Yeah. But it, it does take away from our gather or like our cabin trip that we have that we're gonna do for sure, right?
1: It's gonna happen as about as soon as Doors of Stone comes out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, Down Orion. It,
2: it would be fun to go and do the first three episodes though and do a podcast up there. Yeah. So the other kind of TV related thing is that Brandon Sanderson has a has a progress tracker right now for Mistborn screenplay. It's
0: a, a solid ten percent right now. Oh yeah, I missed that on my Sanderson lead in. So he's writing a screenplay for Mistborn. From what I've gathered on this, there isn't like a whole lot of movement toward in, in a specific studio in this, but he's like getting it ready when they come calling because basically all the big studios have kind of used up their budget right now for their for their big fantasy adaptations. So we're hoping those do well and then we eventually move on to a Mistborn possibility. And he has sold the rights to the Cosmere that's all out there. So we expect, I expect in my lifetime I'd really like to see this adaptation happen and when it's ready Sanderson's got the
1: screenplay probably be ready to go by then. I wonder how much he sold those for. I'd like to buy the rights of the Cosmere.
3: Was that for the rights of the Cosmere collectively?
2: No, I think no, I think it was just for the rights to have it on screen. I mean, he's obviously holding the rights to the the print editions. Oh yeah, he better be. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no yeah i i meant i met like per series like is it oh all the rights of stormlight Mistborn, everything all at once or is it piece by piece
0: he originally sold the Mistborn rights in the early 2010s and then that expired and then the cosmere rights i think he sold in 2016 i just happened to know that because i was on the wikipedia page the other day but that would be really impressive if i knew that offhand
2: yeah so i guess we'll just we'll wait for more news here is, does that kind of wrap up the news section of this fantasy news?
3: Um, dark season three came out today. Today's the day of the
2: apocalypse for all the dark fans out there.
1: It's also Steven's birthday. I wonder if that's a coincidence.
2: Jake, just so you know, my brother-in-law finished it and said that it's amazing and he loved it. And I think I'm going to go over after the stream and go watch it with him.
3: I'm, I'm like two episodes
0: in and it's blown my mind. Really? Yeah, it's so great. All right, I will watch Dark eventually. I've been given a really hard time because I maybe made some kind of promise that I haven't fulfilled. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, we're done here.
2: (laughs) Also, The Order Season 2 dropped today, or this week on Netflix.
0: Oh, The Order Season 2. What's The Order?
2: It's some super soapy show about werewolves and vampires and at college. I was foolish enough to watch the first season. Couldn't Couldn't avoid it. I'm watching season. I'm going to watch season two after I finish Dark.
3: Is it like a Riverdale situation where it's like, I know I should be ashamed that I watched this, but I'm still watching it. It's exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's TVMA. I just mean quality
3: wise, not like.
2: Yeah, it's a little grittier than like River uh, Riverdale. I've only watched the first season of that, but it's a little grittier but not much. I mean, it's super soapy.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's a wrap for news for June. July's going to have some fun news. There's some actual book releases. So look forward to that in July. I'm especially looking forward to peace talks. Am I right, Josh? That's coming out in like two and a half weeks. Oh my gosh. I got to finish reading Rage of Dragons before that. Yeah. That's Dresden number 16. For those of you who aren't familiar, I know Jake and Ryan have not yet joined the Dresden bandwagon and Ben is getting through them, but he's not going to be ready quite in time for 16, but maybe 17 that I think comes out in September. So anyway, on to, and we have enough time here to take a mailbag question or two. We'll start with this one and see where we're at timing wise. So the first mailbag question we have is something that we addressed in our recent Mistborn recording. That's going to be coming out in a week or two. And that is, The question of what intro books as an entry level fantasy reader without a lot of experience into fantasy, maybe I've only read like Harry Potter and I'm looking to get into more adult fantasy. And by adult fantasy, I mean fantasy books for adults. And what intro book would you recommend starting off with? And I can think of a few, but let's hear kind of what your guys' thoughts are on this.
1: Fifty Shades of (laughs) Grey.
0: Okay. Okay, Ryan, not that type of adult fantasy.
2: <laughs> so I, I was not on that recording, so I don't know exactly what you guys said, but I think I think Mistborn is the best one of the best entry points to it.
1: Hint. On the Mistborn podcast, we mentioned Mistborn. Yeah,
2: that's what I figured. <laughs> I, I, I really think it is a a great place to enter. The first book is a self-contained story. I'm sure I'm making the same points that you guys made, but if you just read the first book and then you could be done after that. Uh, it does a good job of it introducing you to magic systems and so that's my answer for it
0: yeah it does a really good job of introducing you into a lot of the elements of a big fantasy story magic systems a cool world that's built and makes sense that's not earth cool characters that are pretty dynamic an exciting plot, political intrigue like everything that you'd expect to see in a fantasy story a modern fantasy story Mistborn's got it and it's got it in healthy enough doses where someone who's new to the genre will not be overwhelmed.
1: What do you guys think about the name of the wind as an intro to fantasy?
0: I was thinking that the only
3: thing I would say caution about it is just the fact that it isn't finished. But other than that, I don't like, I feel like the ease of access on it is really top notch and the quality is great. I feel like you could get easily sucked into that, like going from Harry Potter to like a more advanced version of a wizard school.
1: Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Is that the writing is also really well? Really, it's really well written. I think that draws you in, in addition to being a good fantasy book. So you you can you can enjoy it for other aspects than just the fantasy.
2: The only thing I would say is book two, along with being fantasy for adults, does contain some adult fantasy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing too (laughs) explicit, (laughs) and a a fantasy men's pad perhaps.
0: Thousand <laughs> Hands.
1: Thousand Hands is pretty explicit, man.
0: Yeah, really, really in-depth detail there. So I'll <laughs> say Name of the Wind is my favorite book. Longtime listeners of the podcast will know that. I like to gush about it. I will agree that it's a great intro to fantasy. I read it when I was a teenager, loved it, really got me into a lot of these other series. But the only downfall is it starts slow. It takes probably about 50 to 100 pages before the book really picks up to the point where you're drawn in where a book like Mistborn has action right at the beginning and characters that are already like doing exciting stuff, *Name the ones a little slower. But if you can get through that, then you'll be hooked. Guaranteed.
1: That's why my recommended method of getting somebody who's not into fantasy into fantasy is you you wait for a road trip when you're going to be in the car with them for a long time And then you offer to drive and you say, since I'm the driver, I pick what we listen to. And then you pick a fantasy book and then you take away their cell phone so they can't get distracted from it.
0: Wow. Um,
1: Yeah. Sounds like jail. It sounds like jail.
0: (laughs) sounds like kidnapping.
1: (laughs) Well, of course, you should have them agree to where you're going in the first place. I I don't recommend kidnapping them.
2: (laughs) Hey, kid, I I got some stories for you. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> want to see these audiobooks i got
0: <laughs> actually speaking of jail if we could get access to whatever audiobook you want in jail jail would remove all of the real responsibilities of life that i have i could just sit there and read away like it doesn't sound all that bad does it if you think about it that way three square meals a day any book you want that'd be great
1: yeah all right i'm in how are we gonna get thrown in jail <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay
2: we
1: <should. laughs> fbi we are totally kidding
3: <laughs> new patreon tier those who want to be in on the our jail plot <laughs> i don't i don't know the patreon tiers but that'll be the next level up from whatever we have maxed right now
0: oh so it's like ten dollars a month is jail
3: <laughs> ten dollars a month you he can help us plot how to get to jail
0: yeah I, I think a lot of people are listening and getting really excited about signing up for that tier that Ste- makes sense. okay i got it we're gonna steal the doors of stone manuscript that has been completed has it has
3: he like paradox
2: he posted a picture on reddit like five years ago with the whole
0: manuscript that was version like 21 we're on version 86 i don't care how much is really gonna be different
1: it was just a a ream of blank pages with the one page at the top with the doors of stone and a little bit of text
2: okay well that's that's my plan okay moving on to
0: our next mailbag question we can hit this one real quick although this is like a whole podcast so let's just talk this real quick so the question is how has the fantasy book genre changed over the years? And man, this is a this is a complicated one, but maybe we just kind of like talk about the big influences like the Mount Rushmore of fantasy genres. You guys have any have any uh, pressing thoughts on this question?
2: Yeah, I think that the introduction of young adult books, specifically Harry Potter, really changed the landscape for YA. I think that It, first of all, ushered in kind of a whole dystopian feel with like Hunger Games and Maze Runner and all those type books. And I think that that introduced a lot of younger readers to fantasy and also paved the way for some lighter hearted fantasy to enter into the mainstream for like adult fantasy as well.
0: Do you think it's a coincidence that the generation that grew up on Harry Potter, i.e. us, is now the generation that's going crazy on Twitter With all of this different fantasy stuff, fantasy, podcast, fantasy, whatever it exists out there in the world. And I I would say it doesn't. Right. Like we grew up on Harry Potter and now here we are going onward. Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, Game of Thrones hit TV show, all these TV, all these studios producing fantasy content. I think it's yeah, I think that there's definitely a, a through
1: line on that. I don't know. I feel like Game of Thrones specifically, though, appealed to a lot of people outside of the bounds of normal fantasy for various reasons. So I don't know if yeah that one is related. But I, I do think that there is a lot of good YA fantasy that specifically helped me learn to enjoy reading, so that I I've continued enjoying reading as I've gotten older.
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess that was kind of two points is one, one YA fantasy. And then the other, I think the hit success of Game of Thrones might be another influence on fantasy with not only the books, but moving, you know, a lot more dark, gritty fantasy coming out.
1: Yeah, it's no longer about traditional fantasy where you have very good heroes and protagonists. I feel like fantasy has moved away from that generic template to now you have much more gray characters with conflicting motivations and the result is you don't always get the perfect disney ending in fantasy books
3: yeah i I think that's probably one of the biggest changes um that's happened in, in the more recent years Is just the development of the characters and moving away from the idea of true good versus true
0: evil And gray characters doesn't necessarily mean grimdark, even though grimdark is a growing thing, especially with The Song of Ice and Fire. But gray characters also means like characters from a Brandon Sanderson book, for lack of a better example, where they're just real human characters. You can see both sides of the coin. And I think readers can relate to them a lot more. I think maybe readers are tired of seeing the protagonist who's always good and does good things and always wins. And they'd rather see the protagonist who... Is a lot like them and tries and fails and ultimately maybe succeeds, but doesn't always do it in the perfect way.
2: I think another maybe seismic shift in fantasy, which we haven't done the best job covering at Fantology, is the rise of independent publishing. I think it's given a lot of people the ability to tell what stories they want to tell, even if it's not going to get published. You know, they can go and publish it on Amazon and people can read it. And so that has allowed more specific type stories to be told specifically like with the LGBT community, you know, like there's a lot more stories that are told to them and we've had Fantology pretty much covered hits and almost all uh, published books to this point. But I think that that has been a change that's occurred in the industry.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. it's a lot easier for whoever to get their book out there and to have a chance harder to harder to make it through the self-publishing, but it is possible. And you're just getting
2: more variety of stories now too, because of it.
1: Do you guys feel like self-publishing has slowed down in recent years, at least in terms of uh, fantasy, so like the books we read? Like I can't really think of any major books that have been published, uh, self-published in fantasy outside of the Ryria Revelations and Blood Song.
0: Shadow of those lost. Okay, yeah. yeah that, that, that's
1: that was true.
0: Independent. Was Lycanius Independent? I know it was like a small I thought it was like a stra- small Australian publisher because eilington's from australia but i'm not sure i think
2: it started off being self-published and then they picked it up but i could be wrong another one i think was rage of dragons i think was originally self-published let me
0: fact check that okay yeah you're reading that right now another one is dawn of wonder that's kind of a more niche thing but i think a few of us have read that and haven't had a sequel follow-up to that but that was a really pretty big hit success as far as self-publishing like most people have heard of it
2: yeah. Yeah. So Rage of Dragons was self-published and then picked up by Orbit. So again, I think we've stayed in the bubble of pretty much published, like traditionally published works, but I think that there has been a pretty big shift
0: of people reading a lot more independently published books. And we kind of have to do that. Like the majority of the books we've read growing up were the big ones and that's what people want to hear about. That's what we like to talk about. But I think as we get through a lot of these main ones, then we'll have a little more bandwidth to devote to some more niche books.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, just the fact that there are niche books that we're aware of, even if we haven't read them, like that's a huge change, you know, from 30 years ago or whatever.
0: Okay. So thanks to the mailbag questions. Patrons, if you want to submit mailbag questions for us next month, go ahead and and check out our Patreon. And that is um, one of the benefits. So we are going to kick off our next round of Twitter. Poll competitions. Last month was a big success with the top three villains, ultimately won by our comrades at the Black Tower podcast. They defeated our own Ben at Wit's End in a narrow 52 to 48% matchup that actually just concluded this morning. So congratulations to Black Tower's top three, which was Umbridge, the White Witch from Narnia, and Fane from Wheel of Time. So Ben, like any 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 kind of like
1: parting shots there? Like you were really close to winning, man. Ben has dropped off the call.
0: I guess not.
1: He was so ashamed at losing.
0: Oh, Ben's
2: back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm cry. You can hear him sucking. I'm just going to say,
2: I went to bed and I was winning. And when I woke up, I lost. So Twitter bots, possibly. I don't know.
3: Twitter bots. How many votes were there on it? Do we know? There were over
0: 200. It was like 230, 240-ish. So Twitter was for sure rallied against you. Black Tower had multiple retweets calling all of the Ashaman to vote for them. And ultimately, you were unsuccessful, Ben. But really good performance, like way close to winning. So maybe next month. And next month, our topic of poll is top three fantasy settings. So when we say setting, that's a way broad term. You're probably just thinking like world landscape, but that is wrong because setting can include <laughs> time period or magic in the world or religion or culture, etc. ideas present in the world, ideologies. Any of these things are possible for your settings, top three settings. So we're going to go through and Pantology is going to list out their top three settings. And then those are going to be submitted and we will kick off another month of twitter competitions by the time this podcast goes out i think we will be alerting everyone to get your submissions in so who wants to start us with their top three i can go
3: any particular order i know like in the polls you don't really do an order right it's just three together no there's a one two three in the poll is there a one two three there is
0: a one two three
3: okay well shoot okay starting with number three i'm gonna say um the pokemon world (laughs) All right. <laughs> wow. I'm going specifically the games as opposed to the the anime or any of the manga. Are
0: we talking Kanto, Johto, oh, um,
3: Pokémon World? Pokémon World. It's all one world. All We're not going region. regional. Yeah. So just the fact that you can leave home at 10 years old, get a get <laughs> wow. a best friend Pokémon buddy and just go basically camping for the rest of your life with all these awesome animals and then stopping evil organizations in the
2: process and saving the world.
1: We know what Jake's ideal career would have been.
2: <laughs> Jake has since, said since like middle school that he wanted to be a shepherd. How, yeah. how big of a difference is that from a
1: Pokemon <laughs> trainer? I don't know. Do you battle your sheep with other sheep?
3: Hey, you seen those rams? <laughs> <laughs> and then number two, I would say Stormlight, uh, Roshar, I guess. I just think that the Sprint, like even if you didn't have powers there, it would be such a cool world to live in with the Sprint and all the ecosystems around you. And then uh, number one, just because it's kind of unbeatable, in my opinion, it encompasses everything. Ready Player One, just being able to go into the Oasis, like I could, if I lived in the Ready Player One world, I'd be able to go into the Oasis and just hop into a Pokemon world or hop into a Stormlight world, you know?
1: That's like picking Ditto as your favorite type of Pokemon because it can transform <laughs> into any other Pokemon.
0: Well,
3: I mean, Ditto has some drawbacks,
0: and <laughs> yeah, you waste that you waste that first move on the transform, and then you're already you, there's no way to catch up.
1: Yeah, so does the Ready Player One world. You, you, whenever you come out of the Oasis, you're stuck in a crappy trailer park. I think Jake's ideal situation is not coming out of the Oasis. <laughs> you have to you have to feed your body sometimes. So the Matrix. The Matrix is like normal life.
2: Yeah, it's like normal life because people rejected it when it was better than normal, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, so Jake's got some pretty some pretty fantastical choices there. sounds like some self-preferences. We may see Jake in these locations in the next life.
1: Yeah, I'll go next. Ryan, let's hear it. All right, number three is the same. Jake had this one as well. Roshar. Love that place. It's awesome how... The entire world has been shaped by these storms that pass through all the organisms. And there's especially some cool things that we learn in Oathbringer about the world that just really makes sense and ties a lot of things together. I love the magic and the different cultures that you're introduced to. Number two is Wu, which is, I guess, it's the Malazan world. There's not really a name for the Malazan world. It's just been... I guess, jokingly referred to as Wu by the author Stephen Erickson.
0: Is that like Randland for Wheel of Time?
1: Uh, Yeah, probably. It's probably similar to that. And so this world is just so deep. And you really learn a lot about it in the Malazan Book of the Fallen. You've got so many different parts of the world that you visit. There's so many different peoples. And on top of that, there's lots of extinct Extinct life forms, which are kind of humanoid life forms, like the Forkroll Asael and the Kachane chamel and the Imas and the jagged that you learn about throughout the book. There, the magic system involves these Warrens, which literally you can travel to like magical areas, I guess, tunnels type type things, and those are part of the world and. It's just really a very in-depth experience. You have so much to learn. I don't have any idea. I, I've only gotten into like, I don't know, 20% of the total part of the world. And I, I I love it. And you've read all 10 books, right? You've read all 10 of Erickson's main books? Of his main books, but there's there's so much more on top of that. Wow. He's written a lot of other standalone books. And then Ian Esselmont has started his own series, so I haven't read any of those, but I'm imagining they are equally well thought out and add a lot to this world.
0: So Josh and I are reading Deadhouse Gates right now. We have been for some time, but cut us some slack because these books are really dense and I'm trying to actually read and not listen because I was struggling understanding listening because they're just so dense. And this world is like D&D on steroids, right? Like they were unsatisfied esselmont and ericsson were unsatisfied with what some of the tabletop games had to offer so they built their own world and this
1: is woo this is the the malzon world yeah so yeah it is incredibly complex and maybe um now that you mention it maybe it's cheating a little bit to mention woo because it's really a world created by two people rather than just one we did not stipulate that no you're good to go We didn't stipulate that, but when I think about it, it, there's worlds like the Warcraft world is just crazy in depth, but that's created by a lot of different people and a lot of different books. Anyways, I think a lot of people created the Pokemon world. (laughs) All right. Well, then that was that's a tangent. We're not going to go down. (laughs) But my number one goes to the father of fantasy, Middle Earth. And that's just one continent in the world, I realize that. There's also like the West Havens, or I I forget, what are they called? Anyway, the Grey Havens, the Grey Havens. Yeah, the Grey Grey Havens. Havens. But this world, I mean, you have languages, you have different people and cultures. This is what introduced elves and orcs into the mainstream and you have a whole other book the Silmarillion which just goes into the background and lore of this world it's just crazy the depths that J.R.R. Tolkien went to creating and this was pretty much unheard of I think in that day and age to create a world like this and a lot of our fantasy books are that we read now are have so many things that originated with J.R.R. Tolkien. i got to give credit to him for with my number one pick.
0: And we are doing a read-along of the Lord of the Rings trilogy right now. So um, I know at least myself and Ben and Josh are, are going through the audiobooks again, and that's been kind of fun to refresh. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. So check out our Discord if you're into that. We post our thoughts as we as we go through. Okay, so Ryan, thanks for those. Those are some good ones, especially with the goat, number one, with Tolkien. So let's go, Josh or Ben. One of you guys want to chime in?
2: Yeah, let me just chime in really fast. I might have to cut this short. So my number one is going to be Harry Potter. I mean, I just love Hogwarts so much, right? And the thing is, I feel like I know every nook and cranny of that school. And it really adds a lot to the plot. I think you have like, you have the Shrieking Shack and you have so many different kind of offshoots from that setting. So that's cool. Number two, I'm going to have to go with Wheel of Time. I mean, just ginormous setting. And I'm going to have to cut this short because I got a baby waking up. But number three is going to be Dresden. So do with that what you will.
1: What are we going to do with it, guys?
2: I might have to change my top three around. That's what I'm going to have to do.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Oh, no. Ben and Josh, our twins, came up with similar top threes.
1: I have, I have a top ten, so I'll just slide them around. Whoa. Okay, Josh has really done some research here. Can I can I just say I'm surprised Jake didn't have Wheel of Time in his top you know, three. That was shocking.
3: Well, I think I misunderstood the uh, the prompt here. Actually, I thought it was like top setting to to live in yourself. And honestly, <laughs> living oh. in the wheel of like living in Randland, unless you're one of the main players, like isn't like it wouldn't be that cool. So I may have to change mine for the the actual poll. But that that was my rationale behind all my picks.
0: Thinking back I guess, to your that line.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was your, what was your number two Pokemon then
0: what? Roshar. Oh,
1: okay. I don't know that I'd want to live in Roshar, especially during the events of the books.
0: I mean if you can if you're able to attract if you're able to become a certain type of person in Roshar, <laughs> then it would be worth it for sure.
2: What, wasn't Sanderson's inspiration to Roshar just like like a tide pool? Like, and waves coming in and knocking everything around in the tide pool. That's pretty crazy that Jake would want to live in a tide pool.
3: Dude, Roshar is awesome.
1: Extrapolating a little bit. I haven't heard him talk about his...
3: I, I think I've heard that before. Like, the whole, like, the scraggly rocks and stuff. Like, it was after he went and saw some tide pools or something.
2: That makes sense with the crustacean type creatures.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, Josh, let's get yours. Or should... I'll, I'll do mine. Yeah, why yeah, don't you I'll, go? I'll, I'll go through mine. So number three, I'm going Seven Satrapies from the Lightbringer series. And this is not somewhere that I'd want to live. But I do think the magic is really top notch, very imaginative, very cool. The different settings of the, the different nations are fun. They're all very distinct. And the chromaria especially is cool. I love that most of the action takes place on this on this Island that all the other locations surround and there's that type of setting. That's something that I haven't seen in another fantasy book. So, so that's my, uh, that's my thing for seven Satisfieds for Lightbringer. That's a series that I don't think has gotten enough love from us at Phantology. Hopefully one day we can go back and cover those books. Number two, I'm going to say the world of ice and fire. I don't know that there's a name for the entirety of all the different continents. We've got, westeros where most of the action takes place Essos, where a lot of the action takes place we have southros and is there like a i think it's world okay world yeah that makes <laughs> did you just make that up right now i thought that was a reddit thing oh uh, i don't know anyway you know what i mean so that world especially having seen it on screen kind of cheats a little bit because i can imagine it so well in my mind but that that's got it all Do you just imagine the score while you're like walking around? you just hear the wonderful score that the TV show has? Yeah, it doesn't help that the awesome score. I listen to the score every now and then when I'm working. And when those songs come on, I get way pumped up, especially the score that happens during the season six finale episode. You probably know what I'm talking about. That one's amazing. So there's that. It's got everything. It's got the religion. It's got the culture. It's got some magic in the background. Westeros has grabbed my imagination a lot over the years. And then my number one, you guys have already mentioned it, is Roshar. I just think it's so cumulative and so fun. The way that Sanderson is going to continue to flesh out the different parts of the continent is really cool. I imagine it being super colorful and bright and vivid and just like a really enjoyable place to live with so many possibilities, especially if you are able to attain... A specific thing that I don't want to spoil for readers going into the series, but those are my top three.
2: Okay. I'll do my top three. So I didn't have to move it. I moved it a little bit around. But number three is Midworld, which is the world well, you outlawed having the all of the Cosmere be be a setting. So I would say Stephen King's extended like multiverse. But if we're not allowed to do like extended universes, then I would say Midworld. Midworld is where most of the action of Dark Tower takes place. But then all of most of his books are included in his in the multiverse.
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't mention that, but I should have said we said Cosmere was not allowed because it was too all-encompassing. So yeah, I guess multiverses are out. You gotta settle somewhere. So I'm settling on Midworld, which is just such a you kind of just feel
2: like what it would be like living there. And with what's going on in the world and what's I, I don't want to spoil it because it gives a lot away. that the more you start talking about, but I feel like you just know he just has such a good voice. And when he's describing that world, you just can really picture it and he develops it really well. Uh, number two is Skadriel, Skadriel, the world of Mistborn. And same thing with that. Like you just feel how kind of study is the word that comes to mind when you're, when you're there reading it. And then also, I really love moving from era one to era two. You get, I don't want huge spoilers, but it's a different time era where the some of the events from the first uh, trilogy affect what's going on there. You get elements of it are incorporated into the religion in era two. And so I just think it does a really good job of, of making that a really masterclass setting with not only how good of a world is in era one, but with the introduction of era two, building up that setting even more. And number one, it's been mentioned before, but Middle Earth, I just finished a reread of Fellowship of the Ring. And just as soon as you're back in the Shire, you just feel like you know what's going on. And again, I think that the movies do contribute a little bit of bias towards this, having seen them all on screen, filmed so beautifully in you know New Zealand, some of the most beautiful places in the world. But also just the way that Tolkien describes things, he doesn't go into like abundant amounts of detail like kind of like Jordan does. But he still describes things in just such a beautiful way. I love it. You can really picture what's going on. You can picture the majesty of some settings and the kind of horror, for lack of a better words, of like the Mines of Moria. And just it's a wonderful setting. And all the background that goes along with it is amazing as well. So there are my top three.
1: Were there any honorable mentions that that nobody had in their list that people were seriously thinking about including?
3: None that haven't been mentioned, no. Adventure Time, maybe for branching out. Heck? Adventure Time has a great setting, but I feel like we, you guys want to limit it more to uh
1: to books. Jake has the most creative picks, I think. So, I think that there are a lot of
2: outside books like like Star Wars. The World in Star Wars is really cool. Even things like Avatar, The World in Avatar is really cool. So, there's a lot of those type yeah. picks, but I try to focus mine on books and the comics. Like it's hard to beat a lot of like these extended universes that comics have built up to.
3: Yeah. Um, I would say the world from Hyperion only because of the um... oh Ryan, what was the name of it? That that gateway, the river. There's this thing oh. that's set up they have these, in the, in the universe they have these portals set up they're called farcasters that instead of like oh, yeah. teleporting, you just walk through like a doorway and they have these doorways set up on hundreds of planets so there's one stream of water passing through all these different planets and you can like float down it that'd be pretty cool
2: also um and the enderverse has oh, some yeah. pretty settings yeah
0: yeah if we're gonna go sci-fi i'll throw out the the three body problem trilogy universe i mean that is our universe it's pretty hard sci-fi yeah. but the way that you get to explore it, the universe is really cool that's probably more of a time setting than anything else
2: yeah
3: yeah i'll have to rework mine for the, the actual poll i was literally just basing it off of like what would be like the most fun or the coolest to live in.
2: So if I, if I can indulge a little bit,
0: what world would you least like to be just a lowly peasant?
2: in?
3: Oh, probably schedule
0: off the top of my head. I don't know. I would hate to be a small folk in world Rose, the song of ice and fire world, right? Like (laughs) those dudes have it rough.
3: At least they're not constantly like purposely oppressed though. Like the ska,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair.
3: Like there's some people who just
0: live their lives. Maybe, but I don't think any small folk peasant person in the world of ice and fire by the end of the series, like hasn't had their farm burned at least once. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think the three body problem, like you said, Stephen, that world goes through some crap (laughs) and it's just very realistic, you know, like. But you get to see science advancing in pretty cool ways. So that would be interesting. But yeah, there's some pretty big events that happen there. No spoilers, obviously, but th- there's interesting stuff. Cool. So thanks for uh, thanks for indulging us here in our top three character rankings. And again, look for these announcements on Twitter and Discord for the time to submit your ranking. We are going to run this through July, and we'll see who our eventual champion is on our top threes. We do Twitter, daily Twitter polls, and then the winner advances bracket style competition. So thanks. Phantology five. This has been fun getting everyone together. If you like Phantology, check us out on social media, check us out on our website, www.phantologybooks.com. We have a Patreon with some different tiers and exclusives, and we have a merch shop. Maybe that's what we should have mentioned. Yeah. Let's let's lead with that. Look for that to be led in pretty prominently in future episodes. But yeah, if you need to brand anything with vintology we got you covered from face masks to like baby onesies. Like it's all there on the merch shop.
2: Yeah. I personally am looking forward to purchasing a mouse pad. and when I want to go back to work just like kind of casually pulling that out of my bag.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a pretty casual flex. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're that, Ben? Oh, my gosh.
2: You're <laughs> <be> the wits End.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're like, wait. You're so active on Discord. How have you gotten any work done? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's been the biggest like thing holding me back from totally advertising uh, the podcast to all my coworkers. My manager is like a huge fan of Brandon Sanderson. Another coworker loves The Name of the Wind, and another one is rereading Malazan for like the eighth
2: time. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I have so much potential here. Can he and Ryan be a good Malazan team for mythology? That's
0: crazy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This, is, this has been fun. Hope everyone has a great July, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.